Welcome to Shofar Cape Town South Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. Now I see um, in the same way that God sees, right? And then he takes it, he makes it very, uh, um, you know, practical. And he says, um, so when I look at someone that is in Christ, I don't look at them in the same way. I don't make the same mistake that I made with Jesus but I look at someone according to what God has placed and put in them. And, and that, is, that is honor. That is honoring um, God's body. So I want to talk about, um, you know, firstly honoring God as the head of the body. Right? But then there's the honoring um, the members of the body. Because we are Christ's body. Um, and then I want to... Um, end off with honoring Christ in the world, um, representing um, Jesus in this world. The, 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 the book of Ephesians chapter 1 says that you and I, the church is the vessel to, to, to speak on God's behalf and to act on His behalf. In other words, we are God's plan A to the world. God doesn't have a different plan. So, so, uh, you know, there's lots of movements about church being different and church taking different forms. And we are all for uh, the church that improves. Um, but we, we're not for anything um, that says that the church is not God's primary vehicle to the world. Right? God had chosen His church. And even though the church is not perfect, even though there's lots of mistakes with the church, Jesus says, I'm committed to my church. I'm perfecting my church, and I'm busy moving with my church. And I'll come back one day for Pure and Spotless Bride, my church. And so Christ is committed to His church, and so we should be. Um, we should be friends of the bride um, and friends of the bridegroom because Jesus loves His church. So I'm sort of wrestling with this concept of honor, um, and I want to invite you you know, with me, and I've, I've read all the books, right, on honor, but I sort of want to invite you on a journey of, of discovering um, what is a culture of honor, what is true honor, um, and so it's not like you can say, okay, there it is, right, let's put honor here, let's do that. Culture, it's an invisible attribute, right, you, you maybe can see, okay, well, in that relationship there, I can see it, right, in that um, interaction, there's honor. Or when a husband and a wife are interacting, you can say, okay, there's honor. Okay, but it's still a bit of an invisible attribute. What is honor? So I'm sort of just enjoy, uh, inviting you. I don't have all the answers, but I'm engaging with God. What does honor mean? Um, the scripture says, give honor where honor is due. So in other words, honor is something to give. Okay, so there's a resource pool. Um, and we can give it to people, right? We can give honor to people. Um, but the question then, in my mind, is who has honor to give? You know, which group of people? What do you do to, to get honor? And one of the things that I'm sort of just meditated on is um, you don't have to be rich to give honor, Right? In fact, materially, you could have nothing, but in your heart, there's honor. So it's a sort of a richness. It's a sort of a, um, 
um, but it's not materially um, connected. You know, you could have nothing and honor, um, but conversely, you can have all the material things in the world, but still be honorable, okay? Um, so it's something to give. And sort of, sort of just in, in digging into the scriptures, and I'm not going to give you um, a, a, a topical, hermeneutical um, analysis of honor, um, and, you know, this, the scripture is full of honor, so you can, I can easily do that, but I don't think that's the point for this morning. It's not a study on honor. Um, it's a couple of practical ways for us to engage and to give honor where honor is due. Um, and, of course, firstly to Christ. But I've sort of, this is, this is sort of in my wrestle, what I've concluded is a definition of honor. Okay, so just the couple of verses that I've negotiated with. Honor is a continuous set um, of decisions, sometimes small decisions to esteem others higher than yourself that eventually becomes a way of living that ushers Christ into a community. Okay, so that's my sort of a just quick sort of... Um, description of what I see in the scriptures. And I, like, I'd, I'd love to engage with some of you um, if you have a revelation of honor. So we, we're a community. We grow together. We learn together. Um, if, if God gives you a revelation concerning honor, then let's grow together. I'd love to learn from you. Um, but just again, it's a continuous set of decisions. So sorry, that's what I wanted to say about, um, about honor. That the, one of the conclusions is it's a choice, okay? It's a decision that you make. It's not something that happens to you. It's not like someday I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like honoring the world. Um, in fact, mostly what I see from Scripture is it doesn't happen to you automatically, right? It's a decision to say, I will choose to honor, uh, and, and often it's against my feelings, against my emotions, I'm going to instead choose to honor, right? Um, the Bible says, um, without faith, we cannot please God. So I've also concluded that you need faith to be able to honor. You need to be able to see what is unseeable, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you need to be able to grab hold of something that is not visible in the natural and to respond on it. So it's it's a couple of small decisions sometimes that eventually becomes a lifestyle that ushers Christ in a community. Don't we want Christ in our community? Don't we want more of Christ in our community? And I believe the biblical answer there is to have a culture where we honor. Firstly, Christ. Firstly, Him as the, as the head of the church. Um, and then His body, one another. And then the world um, outward. We honor the world which is really hard, which I'm going to get to in a second. So let's start there with um, honoring the head. So there's a scripture that is an incredibly challenging scripture. In fact, um, coincidentally, um, uh, I shared on this, was it last week or the week before? Um, but it's another angle to that, that same verse uh, here this morning. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, um, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, 
But Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of age shall not prevail against it. So Peter, Jesus asks the question out there, who do people say I am? And Peter responds in an incredible way, and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Obviously, to us, it's common knowledge. Back then, it wasn't. Uh, to most people, like I said earlier, Paul said he was a man, right? He saw him just as a man. But here, Peter gets this revelation. So, so for a moment, let's just look at what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, on this rock, I will build my church. So this is, this is to the root, to the core of who the church is, right? Jesus is saying something so foundational, um, which many churches, unfortunately, have completely misinterpreted, right? So he responds and he says, on this rock, I will build my church. So some people actually took that response of Jesus quite literally, and they went to the rock where Peter's house was built, and they built a church on that rock. Okay, so if you go into um, Israel, you can find a church on the rock where um, Peter's house was built. Okay, so that's like a really extreme. There's a Catholic church on that place where, where his house was. Um, so the Catholics, again, they say that Peter was the rock. Okay, he was the rock. So Peter was the first pope. Okay, um, and from there, you know, up till today, there are popes, right? Um, so when Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church, they interpret it as Peter being the rock. Okay, now who of you knows that Peter was just a man, right? He was not the rock, okay? Um, there's a further in interpretation. Um, so, Peter had gotten a, a download from heaven. The download was, um, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay, so there's a further interpretation to say, Christ is the rock on which the church would be built. I, I don't know about you, but I think that's a bit more accurate um, interpretation of what Jesus is saying there. Christ is the rock on which the church will be built. His life, his example, the way that he lived is to us an example of what the church is about. But then there's an even deeper interpretation to what Jesus is saying. So something supernatural happens. Peter gets a download from Christ, right? He receives it from heaven. It's not naturally discernible. It wasn't like Peter stood there. And he made some calculations in his mind, and he resulted, okay, I've figured it out. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It didn't happen like that. That's not what Jesus says. He says, you received something from heaven, a revelation. We call it a revelation, or we call it a rhema word, okay? It's when the Holy Spirit breathes on God's word, and it becomes life. So a deeper interpretation into that scenario is that Jesus will build his, rock, build his church on the rock of what had happened just now. Peter received something supernatural from heaven. On, on that 
process that happened right there, that's how God will build His church. Revelation knowledge, that's how God would build His church. So, an ordinary person, just one of the twelve, in fact, Jesus eventually um, addresses the, the coward, you know, in Peter, where Jesus, Peter forsakes him three times, and God does this whole process, but but just an ordinary disciple receives something so profound that we talk about it today still, right? That is not just available to Peter. That is available to the church, the community. All of us um, are able to receive revelation from God that would build this church. Are, are you getting what I'm saying today? It's a little bit, yes, no, sort of got a couple of blank stares there, right? The fact that he got information supernaturally that would enable him to build his church. So let's make it really practical. You can right now engage with God, and God could give you a revelation of what um, needs to be done to build his church. Jesus says, my father is always moving. He's always busy. And so God can give you a download of something that he wants to do practically to build his church. So the principle here and where honor comes in is is honoring Jesus as the head. So let's get really practical about this. The way this this could, could come across as very scary, right? Because um, sometimes in church we want structures and we want ways um, that are clearly defined and logically explained. But a revelation is not logically explained. You know, Jesus says, you didn't get this from some other source. You didn't go to the Pharisee or, um, you know, even the temple um, or synagogue to get this information. It was given to you by God, right? And I think I said a couple of weeks ago, sometimes it's easier to go to a person to get that information, right? So it's, it's sometimes a little bit uncomfortable, you know? But if we say that Jesus is really the head of the church, this is the only way. Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, sometimes people, and especially um, my way of um, leadership, people get uncomfortable with that because I say go and hear from God. Um, and people often don't want that because it's unpredictable. What if I hear wrong? What if I, what if I think up something? What if um, all, all these, you know, and some of it's legitimate, but that's why we have a community, right? But it's sometimes a little bit scary because we as people, we want the Pope, right? And, and the honest moment, I'm not going to be the Pope, right? I am just as you are are someone that receives from God. And church, as we do it in this congregation, is not going to work. It's not going to work. And, and sometimes we come in with expectations of that's how church used to be. I'm used to, be, to having the pastor say this and this and tell me what I need to do. But I'm not going to do that. Honest moment. You need to be connected. That's why we place such an incredible value on prayer. Spending time collectively, corporately, in God's presence to receive from Him a direct download from heaven. 
Um, and that is the only way. And so there's many models of doing church, but as our leadership in our church, this is what we've committed ourselves to, is we receive from God. Um, and that's why when we have an Activate Sunday, that's why we have opportunities to serve. There's only one way to do it. Jesus, where do you want me? I will tell to you. Give me revelation. And then, then it's not just that God gives you the, um, the information. He gives you, at the same time, the grace to be able to do what you need to do. So if I tell you, you need to go and do that, guess what? If something doesn't work out, you come back to me and say, Pastor uh, Rainer, this is not working. You said go and do it, so help me now. So then I have to sort of figure out how am I going to help you. If God said, go and start a prayer room, Eleanor, then Eleanor knows she needs to go back to God because God had told her to do it. And God had given her the grace and the steps and um, what needs to happen. So God, if it's not working, then I need to go back to you and you need to give me the next step. So God not only gives the information, he gives um, the grace to be able to do it, right? He gives us the supernatural ability to do something that you would not be normally able to do. Because that's always what God calls us to. He always, He never calls you to do something you can do. Oh, that's easy, God. Um, you know, I can do that. He always stretches you beyond your abilities, and He gives you something to do that you can't normally do. Right? That's the God that we serve. So, honoring the head. If Jesus is really going to be the head of the church, then we really need to listen to Jesus. We really need to incline our ears. Um, even like that word that Liana shared about hearing from God, hearing that still small voice of God leading us. And so, you know, I can go on and on about that, but um, the church is not sub supposed to be micromanaged. The church is supposed to be God-managed, right? I, I such a, someone just shared um, at the start of the service, someone um, was laid on his heart, um, he just was thinking about this, but where is this person? Now that is being God-led, right? Where is this person? So um, should, should the leader check up? No, the leader shouldn't check up. The community of God should check up because God chooses to place that person on that person's heart. So now he's busy praying for this person. And what's, where is this person? Because God is, is prompting. So again, it's a little bit... It's a little bit scary doing church this way, but it is the way I believe that Jesus has chosen. Then secondly, um, honor one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, love one another with a brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. And so at this point, I felt um, to practice what I preach. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you... You walk around thinking things, but you don't necessarily say it. So I want to just take a moment. And, um, you know, honor also takes risk. You know, faith, faith takes risk. You know, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm Peter and Jesus calls me, you know, I need to step on the water, but it takes risk because I might sink, right? So always stepping in faith. I believe honor takes risk. I'm risking this. So... One of the risks, you know, you know, is just to say, well, this might be misunderstood. 
Um, another could be what are others going to say. So I'm going to just take a bit of a risk. And um, always when I'm doing these things, you know, um, the, the challenge is, so why am I saying something to someone but not someone else, okay? And the risk I'm taking is someone might be offended, okay? But I, I feel it's more important that we do the right thing, that we have the right culture. So I want to just, just three people just that God placed on my heart um, that I just want to just quickly honor. Um, and uh, I felt this before, and, and I was like, God, please let them be a church. <laughs> and they're all at church today. So um, God is not confused. But I wanted to say I'm not seeing him, so I'm going to say it by faith. Um, uh, how can I do this now? I know he's, he's probably, yes, I'm going to do a, a voice note if you can just wait for me for a second. Okay, so yes, here we go. I think, I think he's up in the mother's room, but let's not take a risk on that. Let's make sure. So I want to um, honor Stefan Basson for tirelessly serving in church for years on end. Um, I want to honor him for um, showing, it, showing us what it means to worship. Um, and he doesn't need to be on a stage he can just be in a crowd. He can just be standing there. And he just loves worshiping God. So I want to just honor you, Stefan, um, for just serving God and not wanting people to, to recognize you. And, and many times doing things that no one will see. Um, so I want to just thank you and honor you um, for doing that and, and being that. So um, again, I'm saying these things, it's just thoughts that I have. It wasn't like I thought, okay, these people, or I did a calculation. It's just things that I was thinking. Um, uh, the second person, um, and Christy, God's on your case today. Um, but I want to just honor you for always having such an incredible attitude. Just always, no matter what happens, Christy's positive. You have the best words to say of everyone. I, I don't think I've ever heard you moaning, complaining, or saying something negative. Even though I think you sometimes see things that frustrate you, you always have an attitude that just radiates Christ. I just want to honor Christ in you for, saying, for, for just having an awesome attitude. And then um, Gary and Carrie Ann, I don't see them. Are they somewhere here? Oh, they're upstairs. Okay, maybe I should do the voice note thingy. I hope I have Gary's number. I think I do. Yes, I do. Okay, so I want to just honor you, Gary and Carrie Ann, um, for just taking initiative and, and just being family, um, just out of faith. Oh, there's Gary Ann. So now you can, now you can hear me firsthand. Um, but I want to thank you guys. They just took initiative um, this, this week. And they said they, they just have a heart for everyone to social, be social and to connect after church. So we have the coffee shop upstairs, but it's, it's paid coffee. So they want to make coffee for everyone. Um, so I want to just honor them for being obedient and for taking the risk and taking a step. So they're going to make coffee for us. So you're going to have coffee after the service. So thank you guys. And I want to just honor you guys. And then finally, and I'm going to end off with the scripture. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. Isn't it appropriate? 
Okay, this is the last one. And that's why, Wayne, I love your obedience. I love the fact that you could just say, share so freely this morning. Um, baptism is, is, is the initial point of honoring God in the world because we publicly say we belong to Jesus. Right? That's why it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a ritual. It's a something we do. It's one of the few. It really, you know, it's, it's communion and it's baptism. Those are the two sacraments in the Christian faith. Um, but they're so relationally driven because Jesus died on a, on a hill publicly where everyone could see. Um, he had given his life. biggest deceptions we have in, in, our, in our time, if not the really private thing, okay? Um, that couldn't be further from the truth. The, about this, what would have happened if Jesus, for 33 years, lived his own life, didn't interact with people, didn't talk about the Father, didn't show people the way to the Father, didn't spend time with 12 people, didn't die on a cross because he lived privately with his Father. Probably could have done it, but that's not the Christianity he showed us to live. The Christianity we're supposed to believe to live is a public one where we're not ashamed of the gospel. So I live this life outward. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. In fact, it's a hard word. Um, but Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. Because this Christianity has always been meant to be lived outward. 1 Peter 3 verse 15, it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ. It's, it's the first time I saw this. I've seen this. I know the scriptures so good, so well. Um, I always quote it, but I missed the part that it says, this is how you honor Christ. Um, Always being prepared to make a defense for those who ask for reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I thought this was for the evangelists or the apologetics people, right? Be ready. But you honor Christ by being ready, right? So Jamie mentioned all the Bible schools. If you do not feel equipped, if you do not feel ready, honor Christ by being ready. Honor Christ by equipping yourself to either do um, the school of deliverance or the school of evangelism or healing or Bible school one or whatever it is. Make sure there are enough tools available, but we need to honor Christ publicly. Just a revelation that's, that's hit me, and I'll close off with this before we're going to pray. And, you know, I just realized the Holy Spirit is so eager to move um, in our midst. He's so eager to touch us. But... Um, something that I've, that's been just coming up for me over and over, and the more I respond, it's, it, and I'm, I'm, I have to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant every time I do this, but every time I respond in obedience, I see the fruit of it. Um, we've believed um, another lie, and it's sort of also crept into the church, that, um, that the gospel is for the lost, Right? When you were lost, you needed the gospel, okay? Then you needed the truth of Jesus to change you. Um, and, you know, the truth that cuts to the heart, um, that's when you needed the gospel. Okay, so since then, you are in Christ and you don't, don't need the gospel anymore because it's, it's automatic, okay? Now, that's not the truth. You and I need the gospel as much as the person that, has no connection with Jesus. We're just fortunate that we have a connection with Jesus. 
but those hard words that cut to the heart with a couple of people, and I've, I've, I've shared the gospel, you know, as I would to someone that is disconnected from Christ. Because many times we get into the mode of church, we get into the method of church, we know what to say, we know all the right answer, but there's no Jesus. There's a disconnect. So I'm everywhere I'm saying, God, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm preaching the gospel, you know, in church. You know, Jesus, like I'm doing this morning, you cannot say you're a Christian and not live your Christianity publicly. Right? You cannot, cannot say that's the gospel. I'm sorry. It's unfortunate that I'm saying it to you in love. But you need to be the fragrance of Christ to the world. Um, it's either the gospel or nothing else. There's no, there's, there's no midway. And so um, um, let me honor my wife as well. Um, yeah, okay? that's a good thing to do. Amen. So my, I learned from her in this, in that she, when she connects with people that are completely unsaved, she would tell things as they are. She would say, listen, um, meet someone at school. Um, what happened over the weekend? Now we were at church and people got healed. I got a word for someone and, you know, this and this, this happened. Um, and she tells what really happened. And I love the way she says it. She says, why should I tell someone um, that is not reality to them, but it's my reality? So why, whose reality is the correct reality? Is it God's reality or is it the world's reality? No, it's God's reality. So why should I not share my reality as it is? So I'm going to tell someone if they get healed and they got healed. Or, you know, we went to the youth meeting and people's lives were really changed because people don't know that lives can change. They think if you're depressed, then you have to take medication for the rest of your life. Or you're going to be, you know, that's just the way it is. But no, it's not the reality of God. God can heal you and it can come in a moment and heal you. Okay, I'm not saying it's always the case, but the gospel changes people, right? And we can hear God's voice. So I can tell someone that doesn't know God that God speaks to me. I had a conversation with my atheist friend. He, you know, isn't it amazing how people always know where the answer is, right? So I get the calls when things are desperate. Because they know I'm the, I'm the one that knows Jesus. So I get the call, help me. And I said to him, the only way I can help you is I can come up with a lot of good ideas and good um, systems or good advice. But you know what? The only way you're going to change is Jesus changed me. He healed me because I came into relationship with him. Right? And I just told it as it is. Right? Because that's my reality. Jesus healed me of my depression. He healed me of all my issues. Um, and he's still healing me. He's still working in my life. But that's my reality. So let's, let's take on the challenge of the gospel. To live the gospel. Every, every sphere. Every, and sometimes it needs a bit of intentionality. Sometimes it needs a little bit of planning. How am I going to do this if I have this conversation? Um, but we need to honor Christ in doing that, spending time um, doing all of those. So let's pray this morning. Are you excited? Are you excited to live the gospel? Because it's the only way, right? You know, 
those moments that it's been, you heard a tough truth, right? The book of Acts says they were cut to the heart. You know it's sometimes difficult to deal with that. But you know the truth as well. It's always good, right? It's always best to respond to God's word. Those cutting words, it's, it's always the best thing to do. So, Father, we honor you this morning. Jesus, we choose to do three intentional ways because that is you, Jesus. And you are the head of the church. And we choose, God, to decide to honor you, to make decisions continuously, daily, to honor you, to not believe our feelings, um, to not believe our emotions, to not believe the questions that the enemy puts in our minds, but to believe your word beyond everything that we experience or feel. God, we choose to honor your word. We choose to put your word as, as first in our lives. As before we listen, millions of men scroll around on Facebook before we look at our WhatsApp, 